Hi, this is Joe again for another flashback music track um, podcast as we're looking at 100 Greatest Concerts by Rock and Roll inductees, uh, musical artists, and today's podcast is going to consist of the group The Who in which they played at Isles of Wight in um, August 29th, 1970. The Isles of Wight is actually a county and one of the largest uh, islands of the country of England. So... Uh, it says, for their most popular concert, for many fans, the Who's performance at the Isles of Wight Festival in 1970 is the band's ultimate live showcase, and it's easy to see why. The crowd, estimated by some to be near 700,000, was rather unruly, but the Who match the intensity with a set list a favorites with its Tommy album sandwiched in between. Backed by a wall of amplifiers, Pete Townhens was unrenting as the Who delivered the standout set on a bill that included numerous legends. So... Let's take a let's take a look at one of the songs done by the Who. Here is uh, Baba O'Reilly. <laughs> one of their songs that they did um, again the who but let's take a look at the group the who
they are actually considered a rock band. Okay, here we go. Uh, the Who, they're an English rock band formed in London in the year 1964. The classic lineup consisted of lead singer Roger Daltrey, guitarist and singer Pete Townsend. I've heard uh, those names before, especially Pete Townsend. Uh, bass guitarist singer John N. Whistle and drummer Keith Moon. They're considered one of the most influential rock bands of the 20th century and it sold over a hundred million records worldwide. The contributions to rock music include the development of the Marshall Stack large PA system. Uh, the Marshall Stack um, are considered amplifiers. So again, um, the use of their synthesizer, Enwhistle, and Moon's influence playing styles, Townsend's feedback and power chord guitar techniques, and the development of the rock opera, which uh, the definition of that is a collection of rock uh, music songs with lyrics that relate to a common story. Rock operas are typically released as concept albums and are scripted for acting while distinguishes them from operas, which is a form of theater in which music is a fundamental concept and dramatic roles that are taken by singers, but is distinct from musical theater. Although several others have been adapted as rock musicals. The use of various character roles within the song lyrics is a common storytelling device. The success of the rock opera genre has inspired similar works and other musical styles, such as rock, rap opera, which I've never heard. A uh, rap opera, also known as hip opera, is a musical, musical work in hip-hop style with operatic form. The terms have been used to describe both dramatic works and concept albums. And hip opera has been used for works drawing more than heavily on contemporary R&B than other hip hop such as rap. Says the Who are cited as an influence by many hard rock, punk rock, and mod bands, and their songs still receive regular exposure. The Who developed from an earlier group, the Detours, and established themselves as part of the pop art and mod movements 
featuring auto-destructive art by destroying guitars and drums on stage. Their first single, um, as the Who I Can't Explain, 1965, reached the UK's top 10 and then was followed by a string of hit singles, including My Generation, 1965, Substitute, 1966, and Happy Jack, 1966. In the year 1967, they performed at the Monterey Pop Festival and released I Can See for Miles, their only U.S. Top 10 single. Here is I Can See From Miles. Taking a look at that song, I Can See for Miles, is a song by the English rock band The Who, recorded for the band's 1967 album, The Who Sell Out, written by guitarist Pete Townsend. It was the only song from the album to be released as a single. Recorded in several separate sessions and studios across two continents, the recording of I Can See for Miles exemplifies the increasingly sophisticated studio techniques of rock bands in the late 1960s, such as those used for the Beatles and the Beach Boys. So again, I've heard the name Pete Townsend. Let's take a look at who he is. His full name is Peter Dennis Blanford Townsend. Born May 1945, he's actually still alive today, is an English guitarist, singer, and songwriter. He is co-founder, lead guitarist, secondary lead vocalist, and principal songwriter of The Who, one of the most influential rock bands of the 1960s and 1970s. Townsend has written more than 100 songs, for the 12 of The Who's studio albums. These include concept albums, the rock operas, uh, Tommy and Craldofina, plus popular rock radio staples such as Who's Next, as well as dozen more that appeared as a non-album single. Bonus tracks, and tracks on rarities, complications such as Odds and Sods, 1974. As an instrumentalist, although known primarily as a guitarist, 
Townsend also plays keyboard, banjo, accordion, harmonica, the violin, bass guitar, and drums. He is self-taught on all these instruments. He plays on his own solo albums, several Who albums, and as a guest contributor to the array of other artists' recordings. He was born in Chiswick, West London, at the Chiswick Hospital, Nevervon um, Road. He came from a musical family. His father, Cliff Townsend, was a professional alto saxophonist in the Royal Air Force dance band, the Squadinaries. And his mother, Betty, was a singer with the Sydney Torch and Les Douglas Orchestras. The Townsend had a violet marriage as both drank heavily and possessed fiery tempers. Cliff Townsend was often away from his family, touring with his band while Betty carried on affairs with other men. The two split when Townsend was a toddler and he was sent to live with his maternal grandmother, Emma Dennis, whom Peter later described as clinically insane. Hmm. The two-year separation ended when Cliff and Betty purchased a house together on Woodgrange Avenue in middle-class Acton, and the young Pete was happily reunited with his parents. His neighborhood was one-third Polish and a devout Jewish family upstairs shared their housing with them and cooking with them. Many of his father's closest friends were Jewish. Townsend says he did not have many friends growing up, so he spent much of his boyhood reading adventure novels like Gulliver's Travelers and Treasure Island. He enjoyed his family's frequent excursions to the seaside in the Isle of Man. It was one of these trips in the summer of 1956. He repeatedly watched the 1956 film Rock Around the Clock, sparkling his fascination with American rock and roll. Not long uh, afterwards, he went to see Bill Haley performed in London. Again, one of the performers from um, Bill Haley in the Comets, who did the song Rock Around the Clock. Townsend's uh, first concert was again of seeing Bill Haley perform. At that time, he did not see himself pursuing a career as a professional musician and said he wanted to become a journalist. Again, some information there on um, Pete Townsend.
early career, again, of The Who, uh, ranging from years 1964 to 1978. By the time the Detours had become The Who, they had already found regular uh, gigs, including at the Old Field Hotel in Greenford, the White Hart Hotel in Apton, the Gold Hawk Social Club in Shepherd's Bush, in the Notre Dame Hall in Leicester Square. They had replaced Druce as a manager with Helmut Gordon, with whom they had secured an addition with Chris Parmenter for Fontana Records. Parmenter found problems with the drumming, and according to Sandon, Townsend immediately turned on him and threatened to fire him if his playing did not immediately improve. Sandon left in disgust but was persuaded to lend his kit to any potential stand-ins or replacements. Stanton and Townsend did not speak to each other again for 14 years. During a gig with a stand-in drummer in late April at the Old Field, the band first met Keith Moon. Moon grew up in Wembley and had been drumming in bands since the year 1961. He was performing with a semi-professional band called the Beachcombers and went on to play full-time. Moon played a few songs with the group, breaking a bass drum pedal and tearing a drum skin. The band were impressed with his energy and enthusiasm and offered him the job. Moon performed with the Beachcombers a few times more, but dates clash and he chose to devote himself to the Who. The Beachcombers auditioned Standom, but were unimpressed and did not ask him to join. The Who changed managers to Peter uh, Meaden. He decided that the group would be ideal to represent the growing mod movement in British, which involved fashion, scooters, and music genres such as rhythm and blues, soul, and modern jazz. He renamed the group the High Numbers, dressed them up in mod clothes, secured a second, more favorable edition with Fontana, and wrote the lyrics for both sides of their single Zoot Suit on the Face to appeal the mods. The tune for Zoot Suit was Misery by the Dynamics, and on the face borrowed from Slim Harpo's I Got Love If You Want It. Although Meaden tried to promote the single, it failed to reach the top 50, and the band reverted to calling themselves The Who. So that's how it began. The group, none of them played uh, their instruments conventionally, began to improve their stage image. Daltrey stating using his microphone cable 
is a whip on stage, occasionally leapt into the crowd. Moon threw drumsticks into the air mid-beat. Townsend mind machine gunning the crowd with his guitar while jumping on stage and playing guitar with a fast arm windmilling motion or stood with his arms aloft allowing the guitar to produce feedback in a posture dubbed the Birdman. Take a look at another one of their songs that they did. Um, Behind Blue Eyes was always a, a good hit that they did. Again, The Who. As my conscience seems to be Getting behind blue eyes. Here we look at Tommy Woodstock, Isles of White, and Live at the Leeds. By 1968, the Who had started to attract attention in the underground press. which uh, the term underground press referred to periodicals and publications that are pronounced without official approval, illegally or against the wishes of a dominant group. Townsend had stopped using drugs and became interested in the teachings of Mir Baba, who is an Indian spiritual master claimed to be the avatar or God in human form. In August, he gave an interview to Rolling Stone editor Jan Wenner describing in detail the plot of a new album project and its relationship to Baba's teaching. The album went through several names during recordings, including Deaf, Dumb, and Blind Boy, and Amazing Journey. Townsend settled on Tommy for the album about the life of a deaf, dumb, and blind boy and his attempt to communicate with others. Some songs such as Welcome and Amazing Journey were inspired by Baba's teachings and others came from observation with the band. Sally Simpson is about a fan who tried to climb on stage at a gig by the doors that they attended. 
and Pinball Wizard was written so that New York Times journalist Nick Kahn, a pinball enthusiast, would give the album a good review. Townsend later said, I want the story of Tommy to have several levels. A rock singles level and a bigger concept level containing the spiritual message he wanted as well as being entertained. The album was a project for Christmas 1968, but recording stalled after Townsend decided to make a double album to cover the story in significant So in August, The Who performed at the Woodstock Festival despite being revelant in demanding $13,000 up front. The group were scheduled to appear on Saturday night, the 16th of August, but the festival ran late and they did not take the stage until 5 a.m. on Sunday. They played most of Tommy. During their performance, Yippie leader Abby Hoffman interrupted the set to give a political speech about the rest of John Sinclair. Townsend kicked him off the stage. During See Me, Feel Me, the sun rose almost as if on cue. And so later said, God was our lighting man. At the end, Townsend threw his guitar into the audience. The set was professionally recorded and filmed and portions appear on the Woodstock film, the old gray whistle tests, and the kids are all right. Awards and nominations, again on The Who. The Who had received many awards and accolades from the music industry for their recordings and their influences. They received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the British Phonograph Industry in the year 1988 and from the Grammy Foundation in the year 2001. The band were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the year 1990, where their display describes them as prime contenders in the minds of many for the title of World's Greatest Rock Bands and the UK Music Hall of Fame in the year 2005. Seven of the group's albums appear on Rolling Stone list of the 500 greatest albums of all time and five songs were on the 2004 and 2010 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list. The single My Generation and the albums Tommy and Who's Next had been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 2008, Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey received Kennedy Honors as members of The Who. 2009, My Generation was 
selected for preservation in the United States National Recording Registry. Take a look at that song, My Generation. My Generation is the debut studio album by the English rock band Who, released on December 3rd, 1965 by Brunswick Records in the United Kingdom and Festival Records in Australia. In the United States, it was released on April 25th, 1966 by Decca Records. The album was made immediately after The Who got their first singles on the charts, and according to the booklet in the deluxe edition, it was later dismissed by the band as something of a rush job that did not accurately represent their stage performance of the time. While it did not sell well as later albums peaking at number five on the UK charts and failing to chart in the US, critics have since rated it as one of the best rock albums of all time, especially noting its hard sound unusual for the time and presaging various hard rock styles such as punk and heavy metal. Let's take a look at My Generation, The Who. some good guitar and drumming there my generation good song again done by the who so that is some information again about the rock band the who in their most popular concert they did that will do it for today's flashback music track as we portray musical artists, a little bit of bio about them and their most popular concerts. We'll continue the trend as we go into next uh, week. And I think in a couple weeks, I'll be doing a, a popular Halloween song uh, again for the um, holiday and season of Halloween. So um, that'll probably be in like two weeks. So we'll get another uh, rock and roll um, group in the most popular concert uh, next uh, week. That'll do it for today's flashback music track. I am your host here, Jukebox Joe. Have a good weekend and um, hopefully get to 
hear my uh, podcast. I do post this actually onto Facebook. So welcome to listen to it at your leisure time. Take care.